Hey everyone, welcome to the Paradox College Podcast. This is Caleb Hickson, the Paradox College Director. On today's episode, I've got Julia Light joining me talking about loving God with your mind. All right, guys, welcome to our college podcast. So glad that you would join us in studio with me today is TCU Junior, Julia Light. Welcome, Julia. Hi, thanks for having me. So glad to have you on the podcast. How are you? How's your day going? It's going well. Just yes. had one class and it's the first week of school, so that's going well and it's just fun. Happy to be here. It's a great time to do a podcast. Classes haven't gotten too difficult mm-hmm. right now. Everything's just kind of pretty pretty, uh, pretty easy. Yeah, so good. far. Good, good, good. Uh, how was your break? How was Christmas? How was all that? It was good. Um, very, very restful. I had to be quarantined twice, but oh, I never no. got COVID. Oh, good. So just very chill at home with my family, watched a lot of movies, read a lot of books. Sweet. Um, yeah, it was really good. What was your favorite book you read? Um, well, I'm still reading it actually, but mm. it's um, a book that you bought for me. Okay. Um, okay. In his or wait, none like a, him. Yes, by like Jen him. Wilkin. Mm-hmm. Yes, I almost said in his image, which is the second book, Correct. which I have not read yet. But it is just so good. It's about like ten ways that God is different from us, and it's such a good book. Yeah, none like him by Jen Wilkin is a fantastic book. Um, it, it talks about the attributes of God. Uh, and how he has communicable attributes that that we share with him, and he has incommunicable attributes mm-hmm. that we don't share with him. And he and she goes through the incommunicable attributes in that one, correct? Yes, yeah, cool. and it's just very. I think probably some of the reviews of the book say this too, but it's just like you can take a deep breath and relax and be like, wow, these are the things that we're like prone to trying mm. to do yeah. and be like, I'm trying to be right. omniscient or eternal or whatever. And you can just relax knowing like God is and you don't have to be. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's so good. Thanks I, for getting I it love, for me. <laughs> of course, I love getting students books. Like that's one of my love languages, I feel like, mm. is because it's if anytime somebody's willing to you know, do the extra work and read a book. I'm, I'm all about just supplying you guys with good, trustworthy resources. So thanks for reading that. Yeah, and we appreciate it so much good. as I know other students do too. Super glad that is the case. Uh, I am glad to have you on our podcast. Uh, we've been doing a student series recently where we've been having TCU students on our podcast to, to talk about TCU things. Anything that is pertinent and important in the uh, college world, I wanted to bring on students to, to be able to talk about that. So why don't you tell us a little little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, like you mentioned, I'm a junior at TCU. I grew up in Plano, Texas, which is just north of Dallas, about 45 minutes to an hour away. Um, I'm majoring in musical theater, which is a lot of fun. Super fun. And... I, yeah, just, I do theater. Um, I'm on the Frog Camp director board this year, so super into Frog Camp. Love that. And What's Frog Camp for our non-TCU listeners? Oh, sure. So Frog Camp is a first-year experience program that TCU puts on. Um, It's not the same as orientation where you're registering registering for classes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's um, meant to happen alongside orientation so usually right before right after or sometime that summer before you come to TCU and um, it's a program where students build relationships set goals for how they want to be in college and um, also just have a lot of fun and learn how to get out of their comfort zone and it is a really really well designed program 
and I'm just so honored to be a part of it. I love Frog Camp. Amazing. Hopefully the Frog Camp leaders, whoever is the staff at TCU is listening to this because you're giving them a great, great, great recommendation. Oh, yes. Cannot speak highly enough. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so then that's who you are. Yes. Now, why don't you uh, tell us about uh, what was faith like for you growing up? How did you meet Jesus? All that stuff, because I, f- I feel like that's going to play into your story about loving God with your mind. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in a Methodist church in Plano, um, and really, I liked church growing up. I definitely was like excited about God and stuff like that, but just for whatever reason, um, it could have been just what youth group events I did or didn't go to or just, I don't know what, but um, I just didn't really learn how to read my Bible and I didn't um, really learn how to make faith a part of my life. But I always really wanted it to be a part of my life, but I just didn't know how. Sure. Um, and yeah, it would be like I was in church, this is really awesome, and then just go about my day. And I wasn't trying to be against anything that I had learned, but I just didn't know how to actually follow Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. I, I had no idea what that looked like. And I thought, you know, maybe there are people somewhere in the world that are like (laughs) their whole life revolves, their whole life revolves around Jesus and, you know, the Bible and stuff like that. And that's probably really cool, but I've never seen that. And I don't know what that looks like. And so I think I had that desire a lot growing up. And then there were times when I, um, just kind of made some false assumptions about mm-hmm. God or just because I didn't have that grounding in, okay, what does the Bible say? Like, what oh, does sure. the church teach? I was just like, oh, well, like God would agree with me on this totally. or like, totally. I'm totally right. And I'm sure that God would back me in this <laughs> argument, you know, just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Just <laughs> so, so silly. Um, but yeah, so just really didn't, um, didn't know what it looked like to really be a disciple okay. and definitely desired that most of the time, but just didn't know how to pursue it. And then, um, and so, so maybe just to interject a little bit, it sounds a lot like you, you lived a moral Christian life mm-hmm. but on the inside was just kind of like, I don't really know what any of this means. Yes, absolutely. Which would make sense why then nobody would try to come in and tell you what it means because it looks like you're mm-hmm. doing it all. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I definitely, it's kind of funny looking back because like looking at my life, I really don't consider that I like became a follower of Jesus until I got to TCU. Yeah. And I'll talk about that probably in a little bit. But um, I like all growing up, middle school, high school, I was known as like the sweet Christian girl, yeah. which is like so funny to me because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Like I would like post Bible verses, but like I had never read the Bible, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which is also just a, a really interesting referendum on what our society thinks Christianity is. Yeah. It's the actions, it's the doing, it's the the uh, uh, the presentation or the appearance of these things. Right, yeah. And I think that something looking back that really, I don't know, almost sums it up is that growing up, while I might have been like, God is cool, or like, you know, I want to be a good Christian and all this stuff, I can't remember ever really experiencing like heart change mm-hmm. or, or like conviction mm-hmm. about a particular thing and then like repenting and then growing in that, you know, like I can't remember experiencing sanctification yeah. or just like maybe here and there, like if like a big conflict ensued sure. or something, but it wasn't like this daily, like, Oh, I'm becoming more and more like who God made me to be yeah. every day. Um, and I think that's a big marker of how I like how it's different now. 
for me. So it's different now, but what happened? How did we yes. get there? Okay. So, so went through high school, all this stuff was like pretty involved in youth group when I wasn't like doing theater at school and all that. And then, um, I knew that for college, I wanted to make my faith a bigger part of my life. Yeah. Um, but again, didn't know what that would look like. Um, I wasn't super open to the idea of like a non-denominational or like whatever you want to call it church. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I was so familiar with like the denomination I grew up in and thought that that's what I wanted. But I remember like looking up different like churches in Fort Worth that seemed more like my home church and just being like, oh, these don't look very exciting. And just like not... What kind of church did you grow up in? A Methodist church. Methodist, yeah. Okay. So um, just a little more traditional like hymns, like stuff like that. Um, and yeah, can't speak for the whole Methodist church at all. Oh, but sure, um, sure. but yeah, so I just remember like looking for those and being like, mm, I don't know, like just didn't know what faith community looked like at TCU at all. So I have a friend, um, her name is Lucy and she had just graduated from TCU musical theater. And I had met her whenever I was like looking at colleges. Um, and she was a follower of Jesus. And like, I could tell that from whenever I hung out with her, I was like, Oh wow. Like she's talking about, like, I felt like led by God to do this or that or whatever. And I was like, Oh wow. And when she told me, you know, like you're going to end up at the right college for you, like God's going to take care of you. Like she meant it and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I was like, wow. Okay. That's so cool. And she was just such a kind friend, even to me. And I was just some random girl who she had met, you know? So I was like, wow. And she had invited me to go to church with her. Um, like right after I went to frog camp actually, which is so fun. So I moved into my dorm, went to frog camp and then I went to church with Lucy and I remember I was like not really expecting to like it, but also kind of open because um, it was just really different than what I had experienced before. Um, and this is kind of a fun, cheesy story, but <laughs> um, so like they played this song in worship that was, it's called Fountains by Josh Baldwin. And it, like, the opening line is like, I will never forget the moment I met you, the moment you called my name. You pulled me out of the darkness and gave me a promise to never thirst again. And all that I ever wanted, my heart has found in you. And I just remember being like, oh, like, because, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm a Christian. Like, I've been doing this, whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't remember the time when God, like, when I met God or Mm -hmm. when God was like, this is the moment or anything like that. And then in my head, I was like, what if it's now? And that is like so cheesy, but literally it was like, that is a day that everything changed for me in like August, 2018. And it's so cool. And so basically like, I don't know, nothing even specific really happened during that church service, but all day, like Lucy just invited me to keep hanging out with her. And I had a lot of questions. I was very skeptical of like, people who seem to be kind of more expressive in Mm -hmm. their faith. Um, And so I like had all these questions and I ended up going to like another worship thing with her that night. And um, I heard people share their testimonies and I was like, oh, well, they wouldn't be lying about that. (laughs) So (laughs) that's cool. Okay. Like, cause basically I didn't, the two probably main things that I didn't, grasp before was like what the Holy Spirit is. So basically like how can God be present in your life? Um, and then like just how to spend time with God every day. And so, um, Lucy being my friend, just like right off the gate, showed me those two things, like explain them, invite me over to spend time with God with her. I was just like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. That's super sweet that like, um, 
because because I do think that a lot of people think that Christianity is the actions, it's the outward signs. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we we use language often here at Paradox about encountering or meeting Jesus, mm-hmm. and and like it's the it's one of the one of the things about using that type of language, it's just hard to describe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. And yet, when you have an encounter with God you know that it's different. Yeah. It's different than just attending church. It's different than just doing the things. But it's 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 beyond yourself. Yeah. That's and cool. It, yeah. It's hard to explain. But and it looks so different for everyone too. Yeah, like what sure. an encounter with God means. But it's just like something in your heart changes. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like I couldn't make myself believe this, you mm-hmm. know? But it's mm-hmm. like God gives us faith and it's really cool. Yes. Yes it is. Well, that's, that is a very sweet story about how God saved you uh, and, and how you, you came to faith. Um, I love hearing people's stories just because it, it's always unique and it's always really, really sweet to hear the Lord's pursuit of people mm-hmm. uh, and, then, and then getting to, 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 to come alongside of that and, and get to rejoice in, in what God did in your heart. It's just really awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So then some, uh, the question that I've been asking all of our students in the student series is if you could go back to your freshman year self, what would you say to yourself? Yeah, so that's a great question, and I've been thinking about it. Um, so a big part of like what we're talking about today is loving God with your mind, and that was something that wasn't really introduced to me my freshman year. I mean, freshman year I was learning how to love God, period, because sure, literally sure. like August 12th was that day that I was like, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus now. Mm -hmm. And then started school, all this stuff. So it was just really interesting because literally my entire TCU experience has been characterized by like me learning what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And that's been so cool. Um, But so I guess, yeah, my freshman year, I really dove in to faith. I dove into like church immediately. Like I um, just got plugged into Lucy's church and was like doing like, all these just everything ministry related that i could um i like started a bible study in my dorm and i was like just all these things i was just like yes let's go but then um so it was like so exciting like reading the bible for the first time just like being so expectant of like what the holy spirit would do but at the same time i would sometimes wake up in the morning and be like is this real Mm -hmm. and i would have so much doubt and i did not know what to do with that at all and so i would it would make me really anxious and I would just pray through it, you know, and had friends that encouraged me, you know, press into your doubt, like pray about it, like, you know, ask your questions and all. Um, but I definitely think just at the time I didn't really know like what resources to look into to process those questions. So sometimes if I would like look something up then I would just be even more confused Mm -hmm. and it was like really, that was really hard. And, um, it was just so interesting because it was like, I was growing so much in faith all like every day just like growing 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 Mm -hmm. but then also some days i would just be like ah and i would just get scared and i think it was more of like a general doubt than a specific doubt and so i didn't know necessarily how to address it um so that was hard (laughs) but then um in january of my freshman year my friend told me about the book the case for christ which is an apologetics book yes um which apologetics basically just means kind of the not proof, like historical evidence, like answering the hard questions. How do we know that our faith is like historically sound? How Mm -hmm. do we know, you know, that the Bible is true? Like, how do we prove any of that? Yeah, I think it is the proof of God. 
Yeah, yeah. the proof of God. Yeah. I'm wondering now, what is the definition for apologetics? I know. I yeah. Let me let me look it up. Let's see what the old Merriam-Webster has to say. Yes. Apologetics. I know it comes from the Greek word apologia, but reasoned don't know what that means. arguments or writings in justification of something. Okay. Yes. Typically, a theory or religious doctrine. Perfect. Apologetics. Thanks, Miriam. Reasoned arguments. Well, yes, I would say that's exactly what it is, <laughs> and which is good. <laughs> I'm glad that you agree with me. I agree yes. with Miriam. Um, so I read that book, and that was really helpful because I was like, oh, because I just never really. I I was around so many people who loved Jesus and who had so much faith, but I I didn't really know like. Okay, so like, are we sure this is reliable? Are we just like have so much faith that it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that it's mm-hmm. if it's reliable, you know? And I just just didn't know. I was so new, so that was definitely helpful. Um, and that was kind of my first introduction to that side of things, and continue to grow. Um, but also still struggle with that here and there, but like not as much. I had um like a lot of breakthrough with God that next summer. Um, that was really, really cool. And just was having experiences where I did feel really seen and known by God. Um, but then other times just would still be like, I don't know. Um, but like still most of the time was like committed, like in the word, you know, loving God and really was like experiencing his love. It would just be like here and there still sprinkled in some of those, like, what if this, what if that, um, so what do, you, what do you think? Yeah. So sorry to kind of like tangent here, no. side sidebar it, but what do you think was fueling those doubts, or maybe even what do you think you were afraid of with those doubts? Mm, that's a good question. Um, right, because you're you're growing, you're having these experiences, and then all of a sudden it's like, but what if? Yeah. What was what was so scary about the what if? I think it was that it was so different than what I had just grown up believing just even just like believing that like the bible is like the word of god you know mm-hmm. like i i knew the bible is the word of god but i just never really had that explained to me and i was kind of like oh well maybe something's got lost in translation sure. like i shouldn't know and then now it's like no i don't believe that like i believe that like it is exactly what it's supposed to be and actually there's evidence that like it's really accurate to the original sure. manuscripts and like so it's not just the faith aspect it's mm-hmm. actually the reason aspect mm-hmm. too so I think that there's just fear there. Um, obviously, it's like it's just very countercultural to put all your faith in one thing, mm-hmm. and just to be like, "I'm sold out for Jesus," like I'm following Jesus, and just to believe, like, yes, Jesus is exactly who He said He is, and to not just be like kind of into it, but to be like, "This is the whole thing." And I think sure. that that was maybe part of it too, is that. I kind of knew just from the people that the Lord blessed me with in my life, like Lucy and other friends that I met, I was like, okay, this isn't something that I'm going to do halfway. Mm-hmm. Like I never really had that thought process, but just kind of like, oh, this is everything now. Yeah. Um, and that's scary. Like that can be kind of scary to yeah. just like completely commit to something. So I think it was that. And then also just um, I kind of learned later on that I do like have some just anxious tendencies. and Because you're an Enneagram one. <laughs> And Enneagram 1s are terrified of being wrong. Being wrong. Yes. It's Does true. all make sense now? Okay. Yes. Because why would you want to commit to something if you're not If it's wrong. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Caleb, stop. That That's so wrong. true. Wow. Okay. 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 Right, right. Wow. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. So then what would you say to, <laughs> to people who are experiencing doubts right now? Yes. Okay. I would say that... You do not have to 
struggle forever i would say it's so normal to experience doubt you told me this caleb too literally so many people in the bible doubt it Mm -hmm. people who even saw the resurrected Mm -hmm. jesus were like are you sure but is it really jesus i know i'm like are you kidding me like (laughs) but then it's me too and it's it's like times that the lord has like shown up in my life Mm -hmm. and then i'm like oh but what if whatever Mm -hmm. and then it's the same thing it's like are you kidding um but it's just like so it's part of our human nature i guess and so I would say, like, first of all, it's normal. You're not bad for mm-hmm. <laughs> having doubt. But also, like, I think that there are things that we can do to, like, address those things. So one thing I would say is, like, move from general to specific. Mm-hmm. So something that I kind of learned later on doing some reflection was that, well, and just, like, through other experiences, is that I do have, like, a lot of anxious tendencies. Like, mm-hmm. I can tend to, like, struggle with anxiety if I – just in different seasons and stuff like that and so and I had like a season of that this year that was bad and made me kind of address it um but that's when I started to think more about the nature of my doubt and because I feel like sometimes when it's general it's more just like this like ah what if and you can't address it yeah um but when you think about specific doubts or specific questions and you're just like okay well like what does this mean Mm -hmm. and you can remind yourselves yourself of things that you know are true that you've learned i would definitely recommend reading um another book that i read is the reason for god by tim Mm, keller i would actually i mean i read the case for christ was a while ago but i would probably first recommend the reason for god um because it's just that same kind of thing it addresses a lot of the hard questions um and there's so many people podcasts books youtube of just apologists and answering specific doubts or questions um so just to know like if you are experiencing doubt you're not alone and you're not without help like we're not we don't have to just be helpless and be like i don't really know what's going on like you are and also (laughs) there is such a mysterious element to the faith always too and so it's like there's always going to be unknown there's always going to be mystery we can't Mm -hmm. know every single thing about god at all we're so small and finite but there are things that we can know and that we should know. Right, yeah. It's it's the difference between trying to know everything about God and trying to be certain about God, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so for God to be God, he must be higher than our thoughts. He must mm-hmm. be more than what we can conceive, right? Because if God is something that we could fully conceive, to fully know, to fully understand, then he's something that we could create. Yeah. For God to be the creator and us to be the creation he has to have some sort of mystery to him or yes. he's not God at all. Right. He's something that we can create and we can understand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Um, did you ever feel shame for your doubts? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Literally so much. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I was really blessed with a lot of friends who are like really just bold and faithful mm-hmm. believers, but I totally would feel like, there are times when I was just like, everyone else has more faith than me. Yeah. Like, I don't have enough faith. Um, and I totally felt shame for that. What yeah. would you say to anybody who is doubting but is just super, like, consumed with shame because of their doubts? Um, I would say shame is not from God. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, God isn't scared of your doubts at all. He's literally heard it all. Yeah. Um, like, literally, Jesus had people look him in the face and question him, you know? Yeah. And so... I would say don't, yeah, just, oh, it's hard. Shame is so hard and totally empathize with that. But just do whatever you can to just move on. Like think about something else, whether that's 
learning about like the specific doubts that you have. Um, yeah, I would say like try as much to like learn about the specific doubts that you have. Talk to someone about mm-hmm. it. Like talk to whoever disciples you or your best friend or your parent or whoever is like someone trustworthy and just be like, hey, I'm experiencing this. Because I think that when we expose things and bring them to the light, it is so helpful. Like once we actually talk about it. Right. And then you can ask for help pointing to resources about your specific questions. Yeah. Yeah. Because what shame that you rightly uh, identified is shame is not from God. And so what shame is, it's it's a tactic from the enemy to try to keep us in that general vague doubt mm-hmm. that you that you were talking about, right? Because if we're just generally doubting this vague doubt of like, oh, wow, but is it real? But we, and we never like get specific yeah, with you're our just doubts. Stuck. Then yes, you're stuck. You're paralyzed in this, this limbo of doubting that never gets to a point to where you can actually find answers or, or you actually even know what's going on and and that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is he wants to keep you there because then if he can keep you there then you you never move towards finding the answers to your questions and there are answers to your questions yes exactly totally and yeah it's and we always have to acknowledge like we're not going to know everything like i think about job and when god is like where were you when i created the earth it's like you're right god i wasn't there but also like God has given us the Bible. And mm-hmm. so we have things that we can know. Mm-hmm. And like we're on the other side of 2,000 years of church history. So mm-hmm. like any question you have, someone else has had right. who's probably a lot smarter than you. Yes. Which is just such a gift. Um. So yeah, that's kind of on doubt. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I just think that's super helpful because, you know, when we talk about loving God with our mind, so often this these things are fueled from doubts, right? Yeah. That, that doubts just kind of cloud our mind. And if we don't have... A, a right proper love of God with our mind mm-hmm. then we we have no no answer for our doubts and so yeah that, I think that just kind of like speaks to why is it important to love God with your mind mm-hmm. right yes yeah absolutely how did how so how, like I think you've kind of set this up of how that has like worked in your life but then what, what would you say was maybe the turning point and when did when did this all start to kind of make sense of like okay um if 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 Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm-hmm. what does it look like to love the Lord with your mind? Yeah. So um, it was really this past summer, like 2020, that I started to really learn about what that means. Um, so doubt, like I would say sophomore year of college, doubt wasn't really as huge of a part of my life. It was more like my freshman year, sophomore year, I was still growing and all of that, but just still experiencing like maybe not as much growth as I wanted to experience or I would just, I don't know, just growing. It's the experience of life with God. You're always growing. Um, But yeah, I would say like doubt wasn't quite as big of an issue my sophomore year from what I can remember. But a big, bigger issue was though that I started to realize that I didn't have a biblical foundation and I didn't have a lens of like, what is this Bible actually? And like, what is the story from the whole book? And so I started to kind of just notice that because... I had been reading the Bible almost every day, you know, since I started following Jesus, but I never read the Old Testament. And yeah. I I would read the Bible more for like, not emotional, but just kind of like, I wanted to connect with God, yeah. but I wasn't reading it as like one unified story. And I wasn't reading it to study it. Mm-hmm. And like, also, I think a lot of times we can fall into the trap of reading the Bible to learn about ourselves, <laughs> but the Bible's a book yes. about God. Yes. Um, it's not about us. And so 
I think that that was a big part of it too. So I was reading the Bible, but I wouldn't say that I was like reading it maybe in the way that it's totally intended to be read. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of my sophomore year. And then we went home for quarantine and I just kind of started to listen to some podcasts and kind of started with John Mark Comer's um, podcast that goes along with Ruth's I always mess up saying this title, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Correct. He did a podcast with um, Jefferson Bethke about it. Yes. And I was Fight, just like... hustle, end hurry. Yes, it is so good. you got to listen to it. Um, but just kind of that and started listening to him and some other people and just was like, wow, this is such like an intellectual side of the faith. Yeah. And that was something that I just so far in my Christian life had not necessarily experienced very much was just the more like, like thinky side of faith like i had experienced a lot of like talking about the spiritual gifts and the holy spirit which is also so valuable and Mm -hmm. so important but just for whatever reason i had not like i hadn't read a lot of books and i hadn't you know listened to a lot of podcasts about just theology or the more just kind of like intellectual side not intellectual but but sure still yeah yeah just the more literally brain right part (laughs) and i tend to actually towards um thinking more than i tend towards feeling you know like myers-briggs whatever and so that was really cool to me and i was like oh wow because i think just maybe my impression of people who were like really sold out for jesus before i became a follower of jesus like maybe in high school i just didn't necessarily see that as like the thinking man's faith as tim keller would say like christianity is the thinking man's faith it really is and what does he say about it like why does why does he say it's the thinking man's faith do you remember no it's okay uh (laughs) sorry to put you on the spot like that no it's fine because because i think this is such an interesting point that so many people think that christianity is for dumb people literally i think i thought that for emotionally dumb people Uh, and and the the really intellectual people, those are the atheists. Those are the scientists. Yeah. And Christianity is for the people who are stupid and don't know enough <laughs> to understand that how yeah. could that ever be real? When in reality, Christianity is the thinking man's faith, and we know this because so many of the philosophers and scientists throughout history have been Christians. Yes. Yeah. In fact, our our university system, colleges in America, were were started, were founded to be seminaries, to be yeah. theological training grounds for people to learn how to read the Bible. Obviously, they have gone way, way, way out of the range. But if you look back at the at when Harvard started, Harvard was a school to train the Bible. Whoa, I did not know that. Yes. That's all, so cool. All Throughout history, Christianity has been known as a thinking man's faith. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to interject that. I just oh, get jazzed no, about that type of stuff. Oh, no, that's great. But um, yeah, I think that I just didn't really... I just hadn't experienced that side of it yet. And um, so that was just really cool to me. And I just started reading a little bit more books, podcasts, and such. And then, actually, another time that I was sort of confronted with just the situation of my mind was um, around April, May um, of 2020, I started dealing with some really bad anxiety. And um, obviously, can't pinpoint everything that cause that I can think of like multiple things but um just started dealing with like some thoughts that I couldn't get rid of that were just really unhelpful and just like irrelevant Mm -hmm. but like just anxious thoughts like what if what if what if you know just worry and um none of them were directly about God it was more like what if this happens someday like just things like that but it always went back to like but what if God's not real and 
I think that a lot of doubt, uh, a lot of people would say, you know, anxiety is rooted in you're believing something, a lie about God or mm. something like that. And I would say that that is kind of true. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, universal, but I would say for me, that was true. Not necessarily that I was believing a lie about God, but I wasn't really looking at the full picture of who God is. And obviously that is such a big job, but, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but just kind of then I, I, um, kind of realized, oh, wow, I really don't have a foundation on the Bible. Um, and it was almost like learning. So, um, just after finally kind of coming to terms with like, oh, I think this is anxiety. Like, yeah. I think I need to get help. Yeah. Um, started going to counseling, um, and talked to my best friend about it and some other trusted people and, um, definitely experienced a lot of growth, but it was really cool because around that time is like exactly when I started to like think more about theology mm -hmm. and think more about just like, what was I believing or like, what have I been believing and you know, what does the Bible say? And what have I just not really thought about? And these two things were not necessarily related in my mm -hmm. life, but they ended up coinciding. Yeah. And so, um, cause around that time was when I had watched like the American gospel documentaries and mm -hmm. just like, not necessarily, I don't know, just like started thinking about that kind of stuff, you know, like different interpretations of scripture and just, you know, Oh, what am I believing? Like just hadn't thought about it really at all. Still, you know, had only been a believer for like less than two years, but just was like starting to think about all this stuff. And then around that same season is when I was like having all this anxiety. And it was so cool because basically God used that to like, basically I realized, <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. not being very eloquent right now, okay. but my like brain that was so capable of worrying myself sick and getting so stuck in my head was also capable of loving God mm -hmm. and having like being the same way that I could like think about something that was stressing me out and just like think and think and think and think like I could like think about something about God and be like, whoa, that's really cool. What does the Bible say about that? And yeah. look into that. And it was so cool because like God used that in my yeah. life. Um, and just completely changed me. I, it's not like it was overnight, sure. never anxious again, sure. but just looking back, um, just on the spring and summer, I'm like, wow, <laughs> God totally did that. Yeah. So would you, would you agree that a lot of your anxieties over the spring and summer were born out of fear? Yeah, I would say like anxiety in general, yeah. like is kind of always born out of fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the reason why I ask is because there, there, I've been recently reading this book called Rejoice and Tremble mm -hmm. by uh, Michael Reeves. It's talking, and, and I, I used it a lot last night in the in the college gathering sermon. Yes, I remember. Um, it's it's talking about the fear of God, right? And, yeah. and how how we fear so many things. And he's got this quote in here from this uh, this old Puritan John Flavel mm. that I I'm, I'm curious. This may not even get close to it at all. So it's okay if you're like after I read this really long thing, you're like, yeah, that wasn't it. That's okay too. <laughs> but I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this. Okay. And if we need to cut this out of the podcast, we can cut that it out. Totally fine. So he's got this uh, quote from a practical treatise on fear, where he says, "Among all creatures, God." Has has made man is the most apt and able to be his own tormentor <laughs> and of all the scourges with which he lashes and affliction afflicteth both hmm. his mind and body none is so, none is found so cruel and intolerable as his own fears the worse the times are like to be the more need the mind hath of 
encouragement. I'm sorry. He's got this really, really, like this old language. Oh, it's great. I love it. And so I'm trying to like on the fly <laughs> interpret. Uh, so he, he, his mind has, has no more need for encouragement to confirm and, and fortify it for hard encounters. But from the worst prospect, fear inflicts the deepest and most dangerous wounds upon the mind of man, cutting the very nerves of its passive fortitude and bearing ability. Okay, so he starts with that, mm-hmm. and then he and then he goes on to say, if men would but dig to the root of their fears, they would certainly find unbelief there. <laughs> and then he quotes Matthew twenty six: Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Mm-hmm. So then he 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 makes the note: the less faith, still the more fear. Fear is generated by unbelief, and unbelief strengthened by fear. And therefore, all the skill in the world can never cure us of the disease of fear till God first cure us of our unbelief. Mm. Christ, therefore, took the right method to rid his disciples of their fear by rebuking their unbelief. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And it's so true. Um, yeah, I I totally relate to that quote and i think probably anyone who's experienced i mean literally anyone everyone's experienced fear everyone's experienced doubt in some way um and yeah i absolutely agree and i think that that's cool too just you talking about the fear of god it's like like okay if i'm fearing you know whatever things i'm anxious about well instead like i'm supposed to be fearing god Mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of like what you talked about last night in the yeah like the sermon um is yeah, that- and then it roots unbelief, right? Mm-hmm. And and that gets at then what our doubts really are is this, it's this unbelief. And so then what I think you are are, are 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 trying to propose here is that that unbelief doesn't have to sit and be left alone. Yes, exactly. And that we we've got to then address those by learning more about God, right? It's it's this idea of a holistic. Christian faith, right? We're mm-hmm. not just about the emotions. We're not just about um, the the actions, right? And we're not just about the knowledge. Yeah, we're we're about all of it. A holistic faith. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a great quote uh, that I, I read recently that that said, "Learning about God increases our loving of God, which motivates our living for God." Yes. You can't love what you don't learn and you won't live for what you don't love. Yes, exactly. And that's like what Jen Wilkin says too. The yeah. heart cannot love what the mind cannot know. Absolutely. And I definitely just looking back um, kind of on my freshman year self or my younger self, it was a lot of times I'd be in worship and just be like, you know, I love you, yeah, God, yeah, but yeah. just not really knowing mm-hmm. who I was worshiping. and. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm never going to fully grasp that. But like there are things that God has given us that he wants us to know. And the Bible is just so clear when it talks about itself. Um, You know, it's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It's like what we're meant to live by. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Um, It's profitable for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness. And it's what God uses to sanctify us. And so like all these things, we have tools. And so... While that's not to say, you know, anyone should feel bad for experiencing anxiety or fear or doubt or anything like that. Those are all so normal. It's like we aren't helpless in those, you know, and praise God. Um, Yeah. And even, you know, even if you're doing all the right things and you're still and you're studying and you're looking into all the stuff, you still might experience some of those. But, But it's 
that there is a way to grow and there is a way to learn and there are questions or there are answers um, to the questions. Yeah. So what would you encourage people who are like, okay, I'm hearing you, Julia. I want to love God with my mind. What do I do? Yes. Okay. Um, I would say to study the Bible, to learn about God, not about yourself is one. Um, and to, um, okay. I, yeah, I would definitely say to study the Bible, to learn about God and not to learn about yourself. Um, so for paradox, we have our paradox. Paradox 365 reading plan, which yes, is a great way to love God with your mind. Because basically the first, there there are different things you can do. I mean, you know, studying the Bible is kind of the main one that I learned about, but also just like tending to your thought life and taking yes. your thoughts captive to yes. obey Christ yes. um, is also huge. And um, there's a book I read called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen mm-hmm. that is like all about that, which is so good. So I feel like those are kind of the two sides of the coin is mm-hmm. um, to like study the Bible and just study the things of God. Um, and then also to, um, just like really tend to your thought life and pay attention to what you're thinking about. Um, but, um, yeah, so I would say the paradox three, six, five reading plan is a great place to start. Um, if you are listening to this and you are a person that goes to paradox, um, which you probably are, um, because we're reading through, the whole narrative of yeah. scripture yeah. um this year and um something else that's really helpful just when you're reading through that because i think a lot of basically i had never really touched the old testament hmm. when <laughs> when and that's what i mean by like i didn't have a biblical foundation like i didn't have a picture of this and reading through the old testament so i started some of it last summer and then have continued on so i haven't read the whole thing yet but reading through it i'm just so amazed at how much more the new testament makes sense because literally i didn't really know this but the new testament is quoting the old testament on every single page and it's like this whole foundation of all of these things that um just have happened in history in israel that are like jesus is the culmination of them and so we can read about this culmination right but like Oh, it's so cool to read through. Yeah, it's like the history reading of it. reading book ten of Harry Potter without reading one through nine. Exactly. It's like, yeah, sure, it's great. Book ten, I'm sure, is amazing, but <laughs> one through nine is going to make it all the more sweeter. Oh, exactly. Sorry if that was too nerdy. I don't know. You no, well, the only thing is that there's seven books. Of Harry Listen, Potter. I don't know. <laughs> I just threw out a number here, Julia. It's okay. okay. Sorry, book. But seven. maybe like in reference to the Bible, like the Bible's longer than Harry Potter, probably. Well, actually, then the whole series, maybe not. Yeah, Written over sure. a longer span of time. Yes, yes. Correct. <laughs> anyway. Wait. Okay. So, yes. The, yeah, the I Old agree. Testament speaks to Jesus. The, it's, not, yes. it's not isolated. It's not just this uh, this prologue or this this other story that's not connected. No, it is yeah. It is showing you the need for Jesus throughout the narrative yes. of Israel. Yeah, and it's also not just something we throw away. Like, I yeah. think I kind of had heard about, like, oh, like, we don't follow the Old right. Testament law anymore, like, because of Jesus. Like, and so those things are irrelevant yeah. or whatever. But, oh, my gosh, like, reading them is so important and cool. And especially, like, the book of Leviticus, mm-hmm. when you read it and you learn about, you know, like, how did God make a way for his people to mm-hmm. follow him and mm-hmm. know him before God himself came yeah. to earth? Jesus, like... And just 
it's just so cool. And then yeah. you read about like Israel's disobedience and how they just like they were like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna follow God. And then they're like, never mind, I'm gonna go worship a golden calf. Ah, right, and just right. the way that God just redeems them again and again mm-hmm. and again, and He's so patient with them. And thinking about like where the presence of God was and like how people couldn't just like enter into that because God is so holy. But then like Jesus came to bridge that gap for us. And so there's just so much um, in the Old Testament. So I think that is a big part of learning to love with God with your mind because then when you're reading the New Testament, like you're going deeper than just like the words on the page. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. It's it's got to it's got to start with the Bible. I would agree. It, mm-hmm. it's, you've got to if you're going to love the Lord your God with your mind, then we've got to read His Word that He's given us. Yes, and we've got to we've got to begin to to tend to our thought life. Uh, Psalm one comes to mind where it says that the 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 man who the blessed is the man who who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. He's like a tree planted by the river; he will not wither, but he will bear fruit in due season. And so, when yeah. we when we allow our mind to 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 be saturated in meditating on God's word, then that helps us to begin to love God with our mind. Yes. And and so, what do you have any like just for yourself practical resources for people who are like, yeah, but the Bible's hard to understand sometimes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely totally relate to that the bible can be hard to understand sometimes and sometimes we can read something and be like god what i didn't know you Uh would say that or Uh do that and that can be really strange or confusing um so one thing that i would say first is a commentary can be really helpful so you can um get a bible with commentary in it um i have do you have a favorite um, well, I have the one that you told me to get that yeah, I got. That's yeah, you do. Which nice. one is that? It's the Gospel Transformation yeah, Bible. So that's a cool one if you really want to be like, how does this point to Jesus? To, to Jesus. <laughs> to Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I can't talk. Um, that is a good one for sure. Um, I also actually have a Bible that's called like an archaeology study Bible. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, I haven't read, like, that's not my daily like study Bible, but um, that's a really cool one too if you're interested in learning more about the history. Yeah. But as far as like actually understanding the text, um, probably my main resource actually is I use a commentary called Enduring Word okay. online. And it's just like a free Bible commentary cool. um, that they have for every single book of the Bible. And there will be a lot of quotes in there. So you'll see like um, like a Charles Spurgeon quote mm-hmm. or, you know, just different things from not just this one guy who has put it all together, but f- from people throughout church history and their interpretations of the scripture. So that is a really, really helpful resource. Um, And then just things to kind of look into more would be definitely just any books that you are interested in reading. I would say, I don't know if I necessarily have like specific ones. It's more just like if there's a book that you think might challenge you a little bit or, I mean, definitely the reason for God, if you want to learn more about apologetics or like how to witness to someone or tell someone about your faith who is like, Christianity is just yeah. fake and nonsense. Like, yeah, and I don't know if you even need to have like necessarily specific books. Which specific book recommendations are always great. It's yeah. just this idea of what you're talking about, which is yes. reading more books about God. Yes, yeah, so reading books about like things that you maybe don't know about God right. or just what it looks like to follow God. Um, because I think when we talk about meditating on God's law day and night, when we talk about letting our mind be saturated with God, we we sometimes misconstrue that as okay, I just have to read my Bible all day and mm-hmm. have to pray all day, that's going to get really boring. Yeah. But no, it's not It's not necessarily that you need to read your Bible all day. Right. And that, that that's all you ever need to do. But it's it's rather, it's 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 having your mind set on God. So it's the things that you're consuming. 
You're you're yes. listening. So listening to this podcast is a great start. Yes. Oh, you're hey. listening to <laughs> theological podcast. You're 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 reading theological books. You're reading books about God. You're you're consuming media and things that are that are pointing your mind to God. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would even just say as kind of like a guideline for that, because um, I just as human beings we tend to want to learn about like me and what about yeah. me and myself and I think a good example of that is like Jen Wilkins like yeah. first book is like none like him it's mm-hmm. about God and then mm-hmm. she has a book after that called in his image right. how we're called to reflect God's character but first we have to look to God and so I think we can be drawn to consuming content that's maybe like how do I follow God or like yeah. what's unique about me right. but really especially just along those lines just books that are about yes. God yes. and then just one if you have any more too, I would love to hear, but like one podcast recommendation I have is called Knowing Faith mm-hmm. by the Village Church. Mm-hmm. It is so good and it's really good about answering some of those hard questions. Yeah. Um, it's also just really, really fun to listen to. Um, yeah, it's a great podcast. The, the other one that I would recommend is This Cultural Moment. Oh, yeah, yes. Right? I love that one. This Cultural Moment so phenomenal because it just, it talks to the things happening today in our society and it's really, really fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. And then I would, I would say also too, if you're like, hey guys, look, I love that y'all love books, but I'm not a reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, you know, fortunately for you, I've got a great recommendation. It's called The Bible Project. Go to thebibleproject.com. And they've got videos on every single book of the Bible that's going to explain to them. There are these short five-minute animated videos that are super well done. They're fantastic. And they're incredibly uh, theologically sound. They mm-hmm. even have a podcast to go that goes yeah. deeper with all those. Mm-hmm. But I cannot recommend more the Bible Project oh, yeah. for anybody who's just saying, hey, look, I'm just getting started. I want to learn a little bit about this. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. Bible Project is absolutely amazing. Such a good resource. Um, yeah. And just too, on the topic of, you know, how do I meditate on God's law day and night? Like, what does that look like? How do I start to, you know, think about scripture? Cause then on the, the other side that we didn't talk about quite as much, but just kind of, um, tending to your thought life, taking your thoughts captives to, to obey Christ, like, um, whether that's an anxious thought or a just selfish thought or a Mm -hmm. sinful thought in any way, um, just a good way to, address that is to replace it with something else and so scripture is always yes. going to be a good thing memorizing to replace it with absolutely yeah, yeah so memorizing scripture you know make it your phone background yeah. um put it up around your room like put it put it up on your walls right um and i just even oh yeah something else i was going to say too is those just serve as reminders for us of like who god is who we are because right. of God and what we are meant to be doing. Um, and it just reminds me of um, in Deuteronomy, oh. the, God is, or Moses is talking to the Israelites and um, he talks about just how they're supposed to remember God's law when they sit down and when they stand up and when they get home and when they leave and all these things. And it's like, we human beings are prone to forget. Mm-hmm. We're prone to forget. That's why like, I've experienced so much doubt, even though right. I've had times when like something happened that was clearly yeah. the Holy Spirit. Like yeah. we are so prone to forget. And so it's that same idea. It's like reminding yourself. And I even think of, I think it's Colossians says like, let the word of Christ dwell oh, in you richly, richly mm-hmm. with songs and hymns and spiritual songs yes. and teaching and admonishing one yes. another. And so it's like, let it dwell in you richly. Don't just right. make it some thing where it's like, I have to memorize this Bible mm-hmm. verse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, 
rejoice in it. Yes, yes, yes. Because again, what we are after is the holistic faith that says that loving God with our mind is going to lead us to, or sorry, learning about God increases our loving God, which motivates our living for God. So we're, we're after the holistic faith here mm-hmm. and, and learning about God is going to, to allow for us to, to love God more, which is going to allow for us to live for God. Yes, exactly. Because I definitely think that, you know, it's possible someone, maybe you're listening to this right now and you're like, wow, they're just telling me all these things that I have to do mm-hmm. to be a good Christian and there's, you know, I'm not doing enough or whatever. That is so not the heart of this at all. It's so much more about, just getting more of God and wanting yeah. to learn more about God. Um, and that's going to look different for different people in different seasons, but it's definitely not just to like, in case someone needs to hear it, like it's not to earn God's favor. It's not to make God love you more. Mm-hmm. It's for you to love God more. Yes. And I just think something that I just kind of think about a lot, especially to my younger self is, you know, when we're not, when we're, when we don't read the Bible, when we're not like really trying to understand what it's saying, we're kind of prone to make up what God is like. And we either, we make him like ourselves, you know, you might hear people a lot say, well, if I was God, I would do this. (laughs) It's like, well, you're not God. But if, if we're not like submitting to what the Bible says, if we're not like, okay, this book (laughs) has authority Mm -hmm. you know and if we're not allowing ourselves to to um just read it and obey it we can just kind of make up what god is like and um try to make him just like us and then we're also more susceptible to teachings that don't align with scripture but maybe sound good or we think do yeah um and just one example that i read about the other day about this is um in the book of genesis whenever noah like curses ham mm-hmm. which is like one of the sons who like does something weird to noah yes um people well, he looks on him in his nakedness yes, yes. <laughs> does something weird um <laughs> but <laughs> but he um like that scripture like was used to wrongly justify uh-huh. racism and slavery uh-huh. for years yep. just assuming that like the race of ham meant like a certain race um and just absolutely wrong sure and so that is like just an example of the danger of and the harm like absolute harm that can be done in the church and in our own hearts if we are not like studying scripture in its yes. entirety and seeking to understand it totally yes this is this is such a a vital part of our faith mm-hmm. this is not an optional part of our faith mm-hmm. this is not something that we can just opt into but this is something that we must uh we must commit ourselves to mm-hmm. it's it's being this is part of being a follower of christ that's why he says and I, i've quoted it so many times already but that's why he says to love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength it's a yes. holistic love that we're after and we've got to we've got to commit ourselves to it as well yes julia thank you so much for yes. coming on the podcast <laughs> this was great How thanks do you for feel? having me oh great it was so fun good, good good thank you so much for sharing your story uh for for giving us all the recommendations and letting us hear just a little bit about what god's done in your life over the last couple of years uh it's been a it's been a joy to have you on and I'm grateful for you uh anything you want to tell tell our podcasters before you go 
think so. Great. Just the, the Bible's fun. Yes. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's really fun and great. Cool. Well, guys, thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, this has been the Paradox College podcast, a college ministry of the Paradox Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We are grateful that you would spend your time uh, con- consuming our podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed it. And if you have anything you would love to hear about, any topics you want us to talk on, go ahead and send me an email, caleb at theparadoxchurch.com. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at the Paradox College. Uh, we we would love to, to just know who who's out there listening to our podcast and uh, hear from you. So thank you guys. We will see you or hear you again soon.